Welcome to Pathway to Faith with Bishop Steve Howe. Turn your expectations high as you receive the word from our man of God. Prepare yourself to hear a life-changing message. Let's tune in now. All right, let's get busy. So this whole thing on power. We've, we've discussed a couple of things about pivot. What does pivot mean? There's, pivot as a noun simply means an essential or central figure, a thing that's essential in your life. That's, that's what pivot means when it's a pivotal event, a pivotal thing that has happened. And we can say that during this pandemic, it's been a pivotal time in our lives. That's something that's essential. That's something that's necessary, something that's big, something that's in some cases unexpected. But pivot we're talking about is pivot as a verb. And pivot as a verb simply means to change direction, to rotate and go into another direction. Let's take a moment as Bishop and I are going to tag team. We're getting ready to tag team as we did last week and look at the first clip. And then we'll go into pivot to our power. Clip number one, please. That as powerful as the United States government is, you can't stop this. You can't stop this from happening. The inequalities. Hey, man, this thing is changing. God has raised up a generation. Are you listening to me? And, and listen to me, you older folk who are just at home watching these young folk. Don't criticize them. Hey, man, don't criticize them. They need our help. They need our guidance. For the first time in our lifetime, we're witnessing a group of young people who are fearless. These kids are just flat out not scared. Policemen are standing there with military garb on, amen, with Uzis or M16s. They got all kind of other stuff. And these kids are walking right up in their face, telling them how they feel and expressing themselves. They're bold as a lion. Good God of mercy. They're fearless, but they don't know what to do and they don't really know what to say, but they know they need to do something. Are you listening to me? The Bible says that the young man is made for war, but the old man has been made for wisdom. So these young men who are willing to go out and fight and lay their lives down because enough is enough. Amen. They need the wisdom of the elders to tell them how to do it and when to do it. We don't need to turn their back. These young warriors, they need our counsel, not our criticism. Yes, they need our counsel not our criticism. So we've, we've experienced in the last two years a power shift. Bishop is taught on the power shift. But earlier this year, this, this particular clip, it resonated. It went viral. It was all on TikTok. It was all about this fearless group. Well, this fearless group it, that's in the earth in this time of change, this power that we're speaking of, we have a part to play in pivoting toward power. And so we're going to be looking at just what does power mean? You, we hear the word power. Power simply means authority. Power in one way is defined. It sounds like what? You got it. Power also sounds like what? You have authority. Take the lead. Green light. Thumbs up. All of those are signs to release you into authority. What does power look like might be a question you ask. You might ask, what does it sound like? You might even ask, what does power smell like? Let's look at some faces of power. Let's look at some faces of power. And that's our PowerPoint. Let's look at some faces of power.
Yes. We're seeing LeBron. We've seen the first annual, the, whole, the first African-American girl who won the National Spelling Bee. We're definitely seeing our first young woman who spoke as a poet at the inauguration. Faces of power, that's Zalia. That's our Spelling Bee champion. After 93 Spelling Bees, national, 93 years of the National Spelling Bee, Zalia finally a face of power, yes, yes. Faces of power, we know the Black Lives Matter is a voice. It's a voice of power and it's been spreading all over the nation. We know that George Floyd, he alone, his death was the catalyst that made a movement of power across our nation. Black Lives Matter in America and around the world. The face of power, the face of power, the face of power, yes, yes. We know that we have a face of power when it comes to what does power look like? Our very own Pastor Steve Howe, a face of power here in this region, here in Kansas City, here at Harvest Church. He's a face of power. Harvest Christian School, raising up leaders, training up leaders. We're raising up a powerful force that's coming out of our school. And Harvest Christian School staff, a face of power. What does power, what do we want to remember about power? There's some things. Let's get started with power. Now it's time to take notes. Write this down. Things to remember when it comes to power. One thing I want you to remember, first of all, is power, power will be fought. People will fight power. Power will be fought. First thing you want to say, first thing you want to remember when it comes to power, and you're going to walk in power, and God has called you to change. God is calling you a change agent in the earth, in your family, in your marriage, in your community, in your church. You must understand as you step into this place of power, and I pray that you embrace this tonight. I pray that you're not going to be one on the sidelines and one of those spectators and say, look at those young kids. I know as even at 61, there's a part that I have to play. There's a part that I can do. But I need to know one thing, that power in itself will be fought. Say, I'm ready for the fight. Say, I'm ready for the fight. And that fight that we fight, we know over in Hebrews, is a good fight of faith. We win. We know that without faith, it's impossible to please God. So what is the enemy after in this fight? He's after us walking away from faith, turning away from faith. He's after us stopping and saying that you have the victory. But faith, uh, the fight, power will, power will be fought. Power will be challenged. Power will be tested. We can recall back in the New Testament, it's Jesus, once he was baptized, you can go with me there. In, in your study time, when Jesus was tempted by the devil, he had already done the 40, 40 days of fasting. And right after the fasting, right after all this time in the wilderness, he was ready to take charge and obey the Holy Spirit. He had been baptized by John the Baptist. The dove came up, and God says, this is my son in whom I well please. 40 days of fasting and praying. And all of us who've done 21 days of fasting and praying, we know we can climb a mountain and calm down and speak to mountains. What, can you imagine where Jesus was? But even with that, at the very end of his time of fasting and praying, Jesus entered into his first fight, and Satan came, and he was tested, and he was challenged, and he was encouraged. Oh, if you're the son of God, bow down, bow down, bow, bow, bow down to me if you're the son of God. Did Jesus pass the test? He did. Did Jesus fight back? He did, but how did he fight is the question. 
when we fight, how to fight, he fought with the word of God. Jesus used his words. We say at Harvest Christian School, don't hit anybody back, although we want to hit them back. Jesus didn't fight with his hands. He fought with his words, and he spoke the word of God. And what did he say? It is written. Say it is written. Homework assignment. Write down three words, three scriptures that you're going to use the very next time the enemy tries to stop you in your efforts to pivot toward power. Three scriptures. Homework assignment is to write down three scriptures that will help you in your fight to stay in faith. Three scriptures. What's the homework assignment? Three scriptures that will help me in my fight. And I'll give you one. We fight the good fight of faith. That we're not fighting principalities. We're not fighting powers. We fight the good fight of faith. Secondly, and we're going to look at a particular story Things to remember about power. Power will be criticized. Power will be criticized. And if we think back to the very time when Mary was a young girl, I'm thinking back throughout scriptures, when was power criticized? The angels came to Mary and said, you, you have been favored highly among all women, and you're going to bear the child of God. You're going to bring the son of God into the earth. And right at that very time, Mary knew criticism was going to come. Why was it going to come? She was one unmarried. Two, she did not know a man, and it was at that time in our culture and in her culture, even at 15 years old, it brought great shame for a young girl to be pregnant outside of wedlock. So even when you are moving into a place of power, you must remember that power will be criticized. You will have haters. You're stepping up. You're making a declaration. You're taking charge. You got the green light. All those words of power. You've pivoted. You know it's your season. You know you can't sit back anymore. You know by just by the God breathing on you and in your prayer, passion is driving you to say something. Then guess what happens? You're gonna probably be criticized, and we got victory over our haters. So I got victory over my haters. Another thing to remember about power is that power stands strong and does not surrender. So now you're going to need strength. Let's go to John chapter 2, verse 13. Jesus, this is what Jesus clears the temple, temple in the NIV, NLT, New Living Translation, June chapter, John chapter 2, 13. It was nearly time for the Jewish Passover celebration, so Jesus went to Jerusalem in the temple area, he saw merchants selling cattle, sheep, and doves for sacrifices. We're talking about power here. He also, Jesus also saw dealers at tables exchanging foreign money. Jesus made a whip from some ropes and chased them all out of the temple. He drove out the sheep and the cattle. He scattered the money changers, coins over the floor and turned over their tables. Then going over to the people who sold doves, he told them, get these things out of here. Stop turning my father's house into a marketplace. Then his disciples remembered this prophecy from Scripture. Passion for God's house will consume me. But the Jewish leaders demand, what are you doing? If, if God gave you authority or power or the green light or the go-ahead or the thumbs up, if God gave you this authority to do this, show us a miraculous sign to prove it, said the Jewish leaders. All right, Jesus replied. Destroy this temple, and in three days, I will raise it up. So what are we saying? When it comes to power, knowing who you are in Christ, knowing that you've obeyed the Lord, knowing that you've gotten a word from God and you're standing alone, you're willing to stand alone, you cannot surrender. You cannot surrender your position. Say, I have power. I have the promise of God. 
I know he is with me and I will take charge and I will overtake and I will pursue. And with this power, I will stand strong and not surrender. That since you've made this change, power's in your hands. Are you going to pivot toward it? So here Jesus is, is, he's in the temple. He's on assignment. He knows his father has given him the assignment. And all of a sudden he has to make a decision. Am I just going to let all this chaos go on in front of me in my father's house? Or am I going to do something about it? You've been challenged. There's things in your life that you have walked up on. And I used to say that, but Harvest Chose knows Harvest that I don't say it anymore. You will say something like, this is how it sounds. Uh, somebody ought to do something about that. Somebody ought to move this. Now, why don't they do that? That's a shame. And all those things that's bugging you is a sign that you are that somebody. That means if it's bothering you, it's your passion, someone else needs to do it. It's a shame that it's not being done. I don't know why they don't. Somebody should have told them, who can we call? Did you call pastor? Did you call the church? Did you call Minister Grabney? Did you call? Did you call? Did you tell? No, you're that somebody. Say, I'm that somebody. And you have the power to do it. You have the power to change it if you stand strong and not surrender. And Jesus is our example here. Amen? Yes. Let's go to another story. When we're talking about stand strong, we know, and I'm going to paraphrase and get down to the very end. We know when Jesus was betrayed in the garden, he stood strong and did not surrender until the time came. We know that Judas came, and Pastor just taught this on Sunday. And Judas, one of the disciples, back way back, we can go all the way back to the, to the Last Supper. Jesus brought all up the people that he cared about. He consulted with them. He knew change was coming. This was the Last Supper. He was preparing them for the time when he would no longer be with the disciples. But Jesus said this, as a person of power and a person in power, he said, one of you will betray me. So a person in power, a person in authority, a person who knows the voice of God, they know their enemy and they can see them. And he said, among 12 of you, somebody's going somebody's to stab me in my back. And so the disciples, not having that power, not having that authority, began to question themselves, well, is it me? Is it me? It surely couldn't be me. But what I love in that, in that part of Scripture in the New Testament, Jesus turns to Judas and he says, whatever you're going to do, do it real quick. That's pretty bold to me. A person of power identifies their enemy. And at that appointed time, only at the right time, he turned him out and he said, whatever you're going to do, do it real quick. So now let's travel. Now he's at the very point of getting ready to face the cross. He's in the Garden of Gethsemane. He brings three of the disciples. He asked them to pray. They couldn't stay up. They went to sleep. He went back and he prayed. A person in power is praying. Bishop has told us no prayer, no power, no prayer, no power, no power, no prayer. So finally, we know over in the Garden of Gethsemane, Judas now kisses him. And Jesus, once again, he stands strong. And he says to all the army that has to come and get one man, and he says so boldly, I love it. I read the story today, and I read it yesterday, and I read it the day before, and I was just looking at, look how Jesus just talked to them. He said, why you got to bring all these people? Why do you bring all these police and all of the, all of the police force, all of the so, so, uh, soldiers? You got to bring everybody to come and get me. He said, I was just in the temple the other day. I was just there. Why you didn't take me then? So you got to come at night, and you're just going to come and get me now? And Jesus said, I know why you had to wait, because it had to be fulfilled. 
And that part is when he decided, all right, it's time now. And that's the part of a person in power is knowing the timing of God, knowing the moment of when to speak, knowing that very moment. And how do we know that? We know that through prayer. Power stands strong and does not surrender. Another thing that power, a person with power, it does not take credit. It doesn't take credit for the things that are done. And we know all throughout scriptures, Jesus reminds us, I'm doing the will of my father. I'm doing the will of my father. It's not me. I'm doing the will of my father. It doesn't take credit. It wants to give God the glory. So in, in your pursuit, in your pivoting toward power, please know that it's not you doing it. It's God doing it through you. Please do not get in the way of the credit or you're going to be on the side watching somebody else because God will pass it on and give that authority to someone who will give him credit and give him, give him praise. Then we, when we get into the next time we talk about the transfer of power, so Jesus then, I'm going to go ahead of myself like Bishop says, that's the next message, that even when he transfers and he gives us a gift and then the Holy Spirit tells you, I'm not even talking about myself. He doesn't take the credit. I'm only telling you what Jesus told me to tell you. So who are we speaking on behalf? Are we saying it, I did this and I said that and the Lord told me and I, I, I? Or are we going to give God the credit? That's what he wants. He wants the glory. Let's lift our hands and give him the glory right now. He wants the praise of all that we're doing. He wants us to say, God, I thank you. I thank you that you kept me here for all these months, for 16 months. I've seen the pandemic come. I put the blood stain of God over my door, and it didn't touch my family. It didn't touch our ministry. And, God, I just thank you. My praise is still to your name. It's nothing that I've done. It's not that I've masked up. It's not even that I washed my hands and even took my temperature. It was just you watching over me and watching over my family and watching over my children. It wasn't that I stayed inside and hid. It wasn't that I stayed six feet apart. It didn't have anything to do with the six feet. The mass is just you alone and your power and your saving grace that have kept us this far. And now, God, I release my hands up to you to give me now that same power that raised Jesus from the dead, raised me up to be a power force in this nation, to change the world around me through the name of Jesus. I receive the power. I have it now by faith. And can you shout amen? Oh, I'm so excited about this power. I was talking to anybody that talked to me. We have power and we've been asleep. We've been sitting around waiting for the days of old. And we used to hear our parents talk about the days of old. We're really talking about 2019. We're really talking about 2020. That's the days of old. We want to go back. No, God is saying it's now. It's now and it's not now or never. It's now and forever with God. The world says it's now and never, but God says it's now and forever. Because, lo, I'm with you. I'm with you, child. I'm with you until the ends of the earth. Say it's now and forever in Christ Jesus. What else does power do? Power doesn't take credit. Power stands, in, in, stands, in, uh, stands strong and in, in, in surrenders. Power gives. Power gives. Power gives what? Power gives hope. Power gives strength to others. Power brings peace. A person in power, you can tell when you're walking in power. You can tell when power steps into the room because everyone is that, they're peaceful. They're, they're calm because power brings peace. You can tell when it's the wrong kind of power because it brings chaos. It brings chaos. We just saw that in our last governmental um, administration. The wrong kind of power either is going to bring peace to a nation or it's going to bring chaos and confusion. And when God is in control and it's really sent by God, God leads with peace. 
So a person in power brings peace. And so one of your manifestations that you're a person, a power, a change agent, and walking in power is that there's peace. You bring peace to a situation. I've watched our teachers all the time throughout the preschool and throughout Harvest Christian School. And chaos could be going on in the room. And then finally the teacher, when she gets to the place of having enough, because she's the power source, the voice of power in the room, peace comes. And everybody just settles on down, even with children, and they get in line. And so a person who is a, who's a carrier of power and walking in authority and know who they are, they bring peace. I'm thinking of Mark 4. Let's go to Mark 4, verse 39 and 40. And it's, it's a shorter version of it. And I'm just going to paraphrase it. We know that the disciples, Jesus says to the disciples, let us go to the other side. What I love about a person with power, when Jesus said, let us go to the other side, he's talking about crossing over the sea. And so they get in this boat, and then we know the waves come, and, and all of a sudden the disciples become terrified because simply, they simply are terrified and they're afraid because the storm has come. And then Jesus is asleep, as the scripture tells us. Jesus rises up. When Jesus woke up, he rebuked the wind, and he said to the waves, he rebuked the wind, and he said to the waves, silence, be still. Bishop has taught us that he believes with those two words alone, those of words of power, that he truly just, if we can just envision the disciples being terrified, he believes, and we've been taught that he said silence to the, to the disciples, silence, but to the waves, be still. And at that very moment, the scripture tells us suddenly, suddenly, say suddenly, suddenly, suddenly the waves calm down, the disciples will calm down, and the end of the parable tells us that they were baffled. They said, what kind of man is this? What kind of man? Even the winds and the waves obey him? So what well, that leads us to our very next thing about power. When power shows up, it baffles. It baffles those who are onlookers. It baffles the onlookers. So if you're not baffling anybody, uh, we probably want to go back to the garden and pray. Because power baffles those. What kind of man is this? I have been with my husband, Pastor Steve Halp. He has walked into rooms, and a couple of things happen. When power shows up, those in power no power. Because power recognizes power. If you don't believe that, you just have to travel with our pastor. And when he walks in the room, those who thought they had power, they take their seat. Those who are truly in power want to know who he is. And once he just gives him just five minutes of your time, they're baffled. They're baffled at what kind of man is this? We saw that with Jesus all throughout Scripture, and we know that Jesus didn't back down because he knew his assignment. He knew he was called by the Father, and he knew his Father was with him. Power meets power. Power when you're walking in it, and today, I'm praying that today, you are not only have pivoted to change, and we've made the adjustments, we've gone through the ABCs of change, but I pray right now, after you've made this change, you're ready to rise up and step into this place where power will take you. That's my prayer.
And then finally, when it comes to things we need to remember about power, a person in power prays to be strengthened. They pray for the journey. They pray throughout the journey. They pray to be strengthened. And our master, our savior, Jesus Christ, prayed all throughout scripture. He prayed for 40 days and 40 nights before he began his journey. He prayed all throughout, all throughout scripture. He, you can tell what he stopped and he prayed. So much so that he prayed so much that the disciples asked, Master, Rabbi, teach us how to pray. So if, if they're asking, if, if the disciples were asking Jesus to teach us how to pray, the scripture has told us over and over that they witnessed, they witnessed Jesus praying. I pray as you are stepping into this journey in power, that means authority over your home and your family, that they witness you, Mom, praying, that they witness you, Dad, praying. I pray as you approach your high school years this year, the seniors about to go off to college or to the military or to the next level of their lives, I pray that this 2021 school year, as you step into the, on, to the school campuses, whether it's college or high school, even middle school, I pray that you step knowing that you have power and you are going to get that as you spend time in prayer. I pray that your parents will look into your rooms on many occasions and will see their child praying because they're listening tonight. You have an assignment. Power just doesn't come because you say you have it. Power doesn't come because you confess it. And power doesn't come because you shout it out, I got power. It doesn't come like that either. How does it come? It comes from getting before God. It comes from spending time with God. It comes from not only praying, but listening, listening to what God has to say. And then power remains when you can sustain the criticism, when you can stand strong, when you can know that God is with you, when you don't turn to the right or left, when you give God credit, when you give God credit, when you give God credit, Power comes when you see others, the pains of others. This whole George Floyd uh, incident brought about such a change because people were concerned for others. The Black Lives Matter is all about someone's passion, someone's passion. Some one person started a movement that is all over the nation. We're painting it on our sidewalks. It's on billboards. It's in Congress. And it's, it's been proven across the world that an attention because of one person's death. No, it wasn't the one person's death. It was all the deaths that came along. But finally, there was a catalyst that lit a flame. And that fire never went out. And so as a change agent, as a person of power, find your flame, light your flame, hold it up high. Let your passion drive you to the point where others will begin to follow you. One thing about a person with power, with enough power and standing on the word of God, you will eventually draw followers that will become believers. They'll believe in your cause. And if you're thinking you've got it now, then look around and see if you're just taking a walk. Who's following you? Who believes you? Who's standing with you? And where does that begin? It begins in your house. This thing we're talking about, this power, it starts in your home where your family will see you praying. Father, pray today like never before. Mothers, lay your hands on your children as they go back to school like never before. Fathers, lay your hands on your wives. Wives, lay your hands on your husbands and declare that they're a mighty man of God and they're a person of power so that when they touch others and when they touch others and they can touch them with their hands, they can touch them with their words, they can touch them. We'll get into how power comes in the next message. 
that they will bring peace to a situation. Someone's suffering in your family. Someone's sick in your family. But just by your voice, hearing your voice, because it's a voice of power, it brings peace. And the family is calm. Who's that powerful person in each of your families? Who is that? Or do we all have to call on pastor? Who is that person in our ministry? Or do we all have to call Dr. Help and leave a text so we can call? No, you're that person. Because he says in the end, he says, all authority is in my hand. Now I'll give it to you. And you have it. And, Lord, I'm with you always, even to the ends of the earth. What are we talking about? We're talking about moving from change to pivoting and embracing the power that's on the inside of us. As you go into this week, you have an assignment. Awaken the power. I know the new phrase is stay woke. You know, all that, all that stuff that everyone's saying. Well, stay woke, awake, and see the power that lies on the inside of you. Because if you're woke, what are you going to do once you wake up? I'm so glad they're finally saying stay woke because we've been saying dream big and dream big means to sleep forever. So I'm glad we moved from dreaming big to waking up. To stay woke. I'm so glad we're finally no longer just dreaming big, but we're coming out of that dream, child of God, and we're waking up. So the new phrase is stay woke. Okay, I heard the kids say that. Okay, now that I'm awake, what do I do? I walk in this power. Now that I'm awake, now that I can see what's happening to the right through the eyes of God, now that I can see what's happening to my left through the eyes of God, now that I can see what's coming, up, coming toward me through the eyes of God, now I can look back and see where I've been through the eyes of God, now that I can wake up on a Monday morning and know what God has for me to do, I'm awake, I'm awake. I'm not only awake physically, but I'm awake spiritually, and I'm ready to do. I'm ready to do that thing that God has called me to do. Stand to your feet in your household. Stand to your feet in your homes. Stand to your feet and declare with me, I have eyes to see because I'm awake. I have ears to hear because I'm awake. I have a heart to understand because I'm awake. The power of God is working on the inside of me because I'm awake. I'm a change agent. Because I'm awake. God is moving in my life right now because I'm awake. My eyes are open. My ears are open. My heart is open. And my hands are ready to serve. Because I've pivoted to this power source. And God is the power source. And everything else is a resource is a resource is a resource wow what an amazing message thank you for listening to our pathway to faith broadcast if you're ever in the kansas city metro area join bishop and dr howe at harvest church international outreach 4300 north Corrington avenue kansas city missouri 64117 or catch our services live online at www.harvestchurchkc.org. Be blessed.